Made with Opinion, the world's first easy-to-use podcasting app. So as a woman of color, you'll probably relate to this. You live in a constant game of fitting in, assimilating yourself so as not to be called out for being too different or to make anyone feel too uncomfortable with your otherness. Getting used to people butchering your name, feeling like the odd one out when you look around in the boardrooms and leadership teams of your workplaces, and yet never really having anyone acknowledge what we can all see with our own eyes. That a gap exists for women of color when it comes to advancement and opportunity in corporate environments. And this podcast is intended to start the dialogue on the lived experience of two such women of color who became fast friends through the bonds of their otherness. We weave in storytelling, humor, and firsthand insights of navigating the corporate world as women of color who also want to see change in the world for all women now and in the future. We hope for a future where diversity of thought in all of its forms is celebrated and sought out in the corporate world, and we hope you'll join us in the dialogue to get us there. So welcome to our first podcast. This is something that we have been sitting on for quite some time this real nagging feeling that our experiences as women of color simply weren't limited to us as individuals. Um, We're two first-generation Canadians. Susie, you're Korean-Canadian, and myself, Shazia, I'm Pakistani-Canadian. And although the two of us only go back just four years, um, we feel like there's a connection that is deeper than the years. And much of it has to do with our love for the work that we do. We're both... um, in recruitment capacities, recruitment professionals, HR professionals. Um, We, of course, have love for for our dogs. So rest in peace, Molly. And we have Ollie actually sitting here with us, having a little nap beside us. Um, And our connection to this feeling that um, we rarely, if ever, have had representation at the top um, in leadership with anyone that really looks like us in any organization that we've worked for. And we've both been in corporate environments for a very, very long time. Um, so maybe we can start off with some just basic introductions. Um, tell us a little bit, Susie, about your story. Um, describe who you are, what you do, and, and what what draws you to this issue specifically. Well, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. So who am I? Um, born and raised Calgarian, mm-hmm. one of the originals. <laughs> Hard to find us anymore, yeah. but we're here. <laughs> Um, obviously, as you mentioned, I'm Korean Canadian and I was, um, born and raised in a community where I was one of, I think three individuals that were of a different minority. Um, didn't really recognize that I think growing up Mm -hmm. just because it was so part of my world. Um, but definitely something that has, has shaped me as I've grown up. Um, as you mentioned, we are recruiters, mm-hmm. uh, been recruiters for quite some time. And, um, I actually think that we're connectors mm-hmm. and I think the true essence of that world word is being able to connect real people to real jobs. And I love the fact that we get to do that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that it's all wonderful rainbows and sunshine no. every day, <laughs> um, but it is very rewarding when it's yeah. done well yeah. and done right. Absolutely. What draws me to this issue? Oh, so many things on so many levels. But I think the biggest piece for me is being a voice for others mm-hmm. and an opportunity to help open the dialogue and bring the table to the conversation to the table. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I think that's just 
what I do as a strength in terms of my career. I get the opportunity to open people up and get them to tell me their stories in a realistic way. And I think this is another way um, for others to bring their their true selves Mm -hmm. to the table. And I really want to have an opportunity for others to talk about this issue and be okay and and to honor it, right? To celebrate it. And I think that's a big piece of it is that we all recognize it's there Mm -hmm. to some degree, but we don't own it and celebrate it like we should. Absolutely. And if I may take a moment to (laughs) describe a little bit more about my perspective of you and why I think that this partnership and in this capacity is really, really powerful. Um, I remember vividly um, the first time that I met UCZ, it was um, new to the organization that we work for. We had been transported to Banff, Alberta, (laughs) to do a, a couple of days away for a conference for our larger HR team. And my awkward introvert self completely (laughs) came out and I felt like a complete fish out of water. I had just moved back to Calgary after living away for a number of years and um, had taken on this job, was really excited about working for this really cool organization. And there was something about Susie that you just have this natural essence and energy about you that's so warm and welcoming and inclusive and you just... I've I've listened to you talk to candidates before as well, and you have this incredible power to make people feel so comfortable. They will tell you their <laughs> deepest, darkest secrets, and you just have this way about you that you just it, it resonates. There's this authenticity that just bleeds through you, and it scares some people sometimes. But for me, it was just like, oh my god, hallelujah! <laughs> I have someone that I don't know that that really feels like this this place of warmth and comfort and home in a lot of ways. And I think maybe subconsciously there was something that I was drawn to you for because of the fact that you are a woman of color as well and a visible minority. And that was something maybe I was drawn to without even thinking about it for sure. because there are not a lot of us around. Um, but there's just something about that, that natural innate ability that you have to connect and engage and make people feel really comfortable. And as gotten to know you over the years, the thing that I love about you is there's so much strength and power and this humility that comes from a place of being able to be super authentic and honest with people without making them feel like you're attacking them. Um, you have you come from a place of lifting people out. And I think that's something that is so important and resonates beautifully um, with me. And also something I want to really point out with respect to this podcast and the platform, because that's the intention of the dialogue here. Yeah. It's about two women coming together to talk about our stories and experiences, shed a light, but also to lift one another up. And you are such a natural lifter in that sense. And you don't give yourself a lot of space um, or opportunity to celebrate that. And I think it's important to put that out there. So thank you. Yeah. Amazing. That's Susie Cohen. Like a hundred and fifty thousand words, but I'm I'm not known for being succinct. So, <laughs> fair enough. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna ask you to tell us your story and give us an opportunity to get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, I, I think I always describe myself as a person that's really drawn to simple pleasures in life. I'm a very mm-hmm. uh, basic person in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, I love very simple things. The littlest things can make me incredibly happy, including spending time with my dog, Ollie, um, drinking a really good latte, um, <laughs> going for a nice walk, listening to great music. Um, very, very simple in that regard. Um, but I seek 
things in my life that provide meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. I've always been that way. I've just never necessarily been able to articulate it or direct it. I've never been the type of person that's necessarily wanted to climb the corporate ladder, but I've always wanted to make an impact. Um, so I was born and raised in Calgary um, to Pakistani Muslim parents. Um, they immigrated here essentially by themselves um, over 40 years ago. And they really set the stage, I think, for my brother and I in terms of what it was expected of us with respect to education and advancement and making sure that we set ourselves up in such a way that um, we never went without because we earned it and Mm -hmm. we pushed ourselves to do those things. Um, So it's interesting. I grew up in this environment where 95% of my family lived in Pakistan. I've met them, I think, three times in my life. The last time was over 20 years ago. Um, thanks to the power of social media, there's a lot of connection opportunity and, and such. But I've had to kind of grow up in this weird dynamic of trying to be Canadian, but also hold on to my Pakistani Muslim roots yeah. and really be true to that. But also in such a way, like navigate the world in my own way mm-hmm. and do things a little bit differently. And um, my namesake is unique. So <laughs> having a name that, you know, that's the meaning of it obviously sets you up in such a way. For sure. But I don't think that I'm particularly different or unique in a lot of different capacities. I just, um, I live wanting to make a difference and wanting to make an impact. I truly, truly believe that everyone is on this earth to do something with their life, whether it's being a mother um, having some sort of impact in a small way or a big way, there's something there. And that's mm-hmm. how I, I try to live my life each and every day. And, um, you know, I'm a recruitment professional and um, get to lead a, a, a great big team right now of um, nine amazing humans and get to try to make impact as much as possible and humanize the recruitment experience where I, where I can. Um, there's obviously things that kind of stop that and get in the way, including mm-hmm. trying to pick your battles and, and find out where you put your energy every single day. But that's Essentially, how I try to live my life is very purpose-driven, and yeah, that's kind of my story and who I am. Very simple, but hopefully impactful. Absolutely impactful. And if I can just take a moment, do a little shout-out to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is nice. Uh, and, you know, honestly, not to kind of use kind of your same story, but that's truly what I remember of you was mm. that first conference, mm-hmm. when, obviously, because that's the first time we met. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I would say that, and I distinctly remember meeting you, and I, for whatever reason, it's kind of burned into my mind, mm-hmm. but you didn't say anything. You didn't say a whole <laughs> lot. <laughs> yeah, rarely do in those new circumstances. But I want to tell you that your energy, your power in just your confidence in yourself, it, it exudes you. You don't have to say a word. You just walk into a room and it just lights it up. And, you know, I'm not saying this because I'm your friend or somebody that's, you <laughs> Cause know. Because I paid you, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> With coffee. <laughs> um, but truly, uh, you know, I'm drawn to certain people and I, and I know I'm drawn to you to try to get that same kind of energy, that confidence that you have and the ability. I mean, you're brilliant beyond words, but this is before you even said two words to me. Um, I was really drawn to your essence and who you are. And you just have this strong, confident way and very humble because you can tell you're not braggy. You're not, Mm. you know, obnoxious about who you are, what Mm -hmm. you've done. Um, And so that just really comes out in you just without even having to speak to you. And then of course you open your mouth and that's it. You're brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) You're creative. You're totally impactful. I think the the one of the reasons that we're sitting here today talking on on your couch is because you inspire me and want 
I want to do more just because of your your presence in my life. Mm. And I want you to know that, that you've brought that to my life. So I thank you for that. Oh, I need a moment. I need to go and like <laughs> fan myself and feel very like getting hot flashes from all of this recognition. Thank you. It's but very it is kind. true. It is true. I mean, it's the essence of who you are. Mm. And I think that's why this partnership is probably mm-hmm. the most powerful. Yeah. And, you know, if anything, it's for us. Yeah, absolutely. To to take this moment and to celebrate us and all the things that we've accomplished. Absolutely. And I think that that ties in really well with the question around why we want people to join us in this journey and the core intentions for um, this podcast and the conversation. And, you know, I think we've struggled a little bit with really trying to determine what it is that um, we have intentions around with a platform like this, because there's a part of us that desires to really be that impact within those corporate environments and, you know, really shine a light on the fact that visible minority women are not moving up through the ranks. And mm-hmm. why is that? Why is it that we don't necessarily have role models when yeah. we look at the leadership of all of the environments that we've been a part of? Absolutely. It's not just, you know, specific to one organization whatsoever. No. But then there's also a part of us that is like, can we as two individuals make that kind of impact in that type of uh, environment? Or is it more about advocacy and community building and empowerment? And I think, I don't know, I, I think in conversations where we're really drawn is that empowerment side of things. 100%. Yeah. 100%, right? Because I think um, this is a journey. This mm-hmm. is not, you know, we're not going to make huge changes. No. But I think bringing the stories to life yeah. and having the capability of a platform where others feel safe Mm -hmm. and have the opportunity to even just think about for a moment. Because I think this is the other thing is that I've never thought of myself as different, even though, you know, I was one of three people in my school Mm. that was a minority person. Um, I never thought of myself as different. But as I've grown up, and like you said, you really start to look up, right? And start to see where am I going? What's next for me? And I think before I I became a mom, um, that was really pertinent about where's my career going? And I looked up and there was nobody mm-hmm. that looked like me that had the same experiences as me. And I didn't, I don't think I identified that as mm. being the color. Yeah. Right. I thought yeah. of it as maybe it's me. I internalized yeah. mm-hmm. it. Right. And so I don't want any other girl to ever feel like it's me. Yeah. Right. It's not my experience. Yeah. It's not, you know, and I think about even the way we are individually, mm-hmm. you know, I know it's everything to do with how we were raised, the yep. environments we've been brought up in, the people that we interact with. So of course, that's that's part of our story. And yep. I just want the opportunity to celebrate mm-hmm. and to really honor those experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I, I think you're right. Like there's so much that we've done throughout our childhoods um, to really assimilate to yes. really not call attention to the fact that we were any different than anybody yes. else. Yes. And I don't think, yeah, until now, until, you know, a point in our lives where we've been able to step back and really be introspective about stuff, did we ever think that that was a thing? Yeah. Like, it was so natural for me growing up. Um, my birthday is really close to Christmas, and so it was, like, a, such a relief. <laughs> Honestly, going back to school in, in the new year every year, it was such a relief because I felt like, okay, well, I have presents that I can talk about because everyone would compare. Yes. What did you get for Christmas? And I could just fit right in and not tell people that, oh, I'm Muslim and I don't actually really celebrate Christmas. Like, right. we love Jesus, but, <laughs> you know, we don't necessarily celebrate him in the same way right. that the society that we're around does, that yeah. is a very Christian, you know, society. And, and it was just these things that you did that were subtle and that were little 
that you had no idea that you were doing those things. You had no idea until you stopped. And it was like, wait a second. Why? Why? Right? Right? And I mean, it's funny because you talk about being Muslim and not having Christmas, Mm -hmm. whereas I was Christian. Mm -hmm. I was born and raised Christian, but we didn't celebrate it the same way that I would say North Americans do. Yeah. And so, you know, my parents didn't understand that they had to wrap gifts. Yeah. Like we had to tell them, (laughs) did you know this is what you're supposed to do? We literally got things from a shopping bag um, that they purchased it in. And we might have been there when they purchased it. You know, we taught our parents the customs that we wanted to have in our world. Um, The the thing that I did, I think, was I just pretended like it happened at my house. Yeah. I made it part of my story. So yeah. the same thing. You're covering mm. it with your birthday. Yeah. I just didn't talk about it. Yeah. I just listened to other people's story. I was yeah. always, maybe that's where I got that listening piece. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? <laughs> I just tried to steer the attention away from me. Yeah. Right? When yeah. it came to that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's there. It's, it's deep-rooted. And I think a lot of what this dialogue and this conversation is intended to do is to bring those stories to light in such a way that it's not about calling people out, calling organizations out whatsoever. It's just about the intentionality is there within organizations that we've worked for, but it's just about turning the lens a little bit to also recognize that women of color just naturally navigate the world a little bit differently Mm -hmm. and that we need to recognize that. And what do we do as organizations to ensure that, yeah, we're great at bringing people in, having a very diverse workforce, but why is it that it stops at the individual contributor level? Absolutely. And that's the conversation because it's about making change for your daughter and all the little girls in the world and everyone that is to follow to never have to have this dialogue anymore Yeah, because we can't erase it. We walk into the room and people know that we're different. We can't hide that. No, You know, there's nothing I can do. And don't desire that I have to try to change those things. No. I just want a world where that diversity of thought is truly, truly celebrated in a really different way. Yeah. And to see that in all parts of our world and in all facets of the environment that we're in. And I think, I don't know, there's part of me that I remember when I first moved back to Calgary, it was a real struggle for me because mm-hmm. I always felt like Calgary, I was very drawn when I was younger to Toronto specifically because every time I would go there, I felt like, oh my God, like this is what it feels like to be in this diverse environment. Of course, it's got its negatives. There's a lot of things that don't necessarily work that great mm-hmm. about all of those people in one city and that dynamic of that energy is is not always great. But it was so wonderful to be able to look around and feel like, oh my God, there's, it, it's not, I'm just not the only visible minority on yeah. the block. Like, I there's a lot out. of us. Yeah. yeah. And it was always amazing to me. And I, I remember moving back to Calgary thinking, oh my God, like, this is going to be tough. I'm going to have to put my assimilation hat back Back on on. and I'm going to have to somehow make that work and not think about celebrating the uniqueness and the diversity and all the things that make me different. But I remember when I first moved back, I had a friend of mine who said to me, you know, Calgary is such a young city and there's such an opportunity to actually be a part of the change. Yes. Right. And that's, I think that just gave me chills, right. When she said that to me, because I'm like, okay, we can be the change. Absolutely. And even if it just starts with dialogue and about empowerment. Absolutely. And I mean, imagine a group of women that help other women, mm-hmm. right? To see the brilliance in themselves yeah. and not to try to assimilate, yeah. not to just try to become the wall or disappear in the background, mm-hmm. you know, be okay to voice your opinions yeah. or be okay to, you know, make a difference. Because I think if 
we give them the power, them the realization that that is something that is possible for them, mm-hmm. how brilliant would that be? Ugh. And it starts just from us, like yep. people, yep. everyday people. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So we don't yep. have to change a machine. We don't have to change a corporation. Yeah. We have to change the minds of people. Yeah. Right? And start with ourselves to really <sighs> put it out there. I love it. So I think one of the things we wanted to um, really create as a as a standing sort of theme within the conversation is really around um, courage and the things mm-hmm. that we've done as individuals to show up a little bit differently in our own worlds to really stand in our authenticity and, and put ourselves out there in such a way that we're not hiding from those things. And yes. how are we celebrating our uniqueness? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, in the last month, um, what did you do that was a little bit scary that you felt like just allowed you to tap into a little bit more of yourself as an individual, as a woman of color, to celebrate that in some way, even if it's so small. So small. <laughs> well, I will say the something scary is this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as you know, I'm not I'm not somebody that is open. I'm quite private, I mm-hmm. guess is the best word, um, with my own personal stories. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, just having these conversations, not just with you, but actually starting the conversations around with the people that I work with. Yeah. Um, starting to open up a little bit more. Yeah. Those are the things that I'm starting to do just in terms of, honoring my story mm-hmm. um so that's my little something scary yeah. um the podcast is really something scary yeah. but um <laughs> I think opening up or letting people around me in a little bit more yeah. has been a little bit of what I've been focusing on mm-hmm. in terms of and I think I've been closed off because I I don't know I don't want to say ashamed mm-hmm. but I was always told to keep that part of you know keep a facade yeah. you know pretend that you're everything's good and you know, everything's great and that's just who I've always been. Wear a yeah. mask, you know, yeah. in different scenarios. Yeah. And so I'm trying to break that down a little bit and just be myself mm. whenever I can. Mm. And I, I truly believe I do that a lot. I just think in terms of letting people in is the yeah. other piece of that, right? Yeah, that's really, really big. How about you? Um, I think for me, the thing that really started this entire conversation um, was an article that I, you know, we had been talking about for a very long time. <laughs> Um, that had been percolating for quite a while. And I'm the type of person that I write when I'm super inspired by something. And I sat on it for such a long time because I thought this is going to just cause something, some sort of a a ripple effect of some sort. And I don't know if that's necessarily going to be positive. And I remember sitting down, I don't remember how long ago it was now, maybe a little bit over a month ago, Mm -hmm. um, and just writing it out. And it it flew out of me. The Mm -hmm. words just came. Like, I think I wrote it in like 15 minutes. And I remember the very next day before I published it, I remember having a conversation with you. I talked to my boss to make sure that I wasn't going to get myself fired for putting (laughs) something like that out there. And that took a lot of courage. Like I'm a very, I'm I'm a very open book in the, in the regards of, you know, with respect to putting things out there. Um, I think I I try to lead as authentically as possible and be Mm -hmm. really transparent about who I am. But something like this felt very, very uncomfortable. And I remember going, home I go to see my parents every Sunday they really only care about my dog when I go there <laughs> they're like where's of Ollie course. yeah we don't care about you Shazi. where's the dog <laughs> they don't have grandchildren so this is all they get right now um and my mom actually brought it up because she had read it I think on Facebook and she was really uncomfortable with the fact that I put those things out there of about course. our life and yeah. I talked about growing up in a household where we were working class and we struggled and my mom, you know, master's level education from Pakistan and she worked in a daycare 
growing up my entire life and never utilized that advanced education because she was so scared to tap into that. Yeah. She didn't know how to do that. And I have such a desire to live in a much more free and open way and much more authentic in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, just in respect to the things that I feel like I can do with my life. And yeah. it was so uncomfortable for her. For sure. And in turn, it was so uncomfortable for me to have to try to explain to her that it was actually an empowering message. And it was done in such a way to be mm-hmm. able to start a dialogue. And yeah. it's something that I was super, super passionate about. So that was really uncomfortable. But what was amazing was it started this dialogue with many, many, many women approaching me to say, you're telling my story, Yeah, you know, and it, it was a beautiful thing to be able to put that out there and to see the reaction and to know that there is a community out there that is craving this. And whether it's in Calgary, whether it's worldwide, mm-hmm. whatever impact we can make, I think it starts by us being the change and putting our one foot in front of the other and taking baby steps and whatever that looks like, whether it's incredibly bold or it feels like it's not so much, it still makes a huge impact. So, yeah, yeah. no. And you know, like you said, the impact of a story, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's amazing how many people responded to that. And it's so funny how, and like I said to you, you know, we're private. We're mm-hmm. very private because of our upbringing. Yeah. Because that's that's yep. what we keep close to us. Like, yes. Okay. You don't talk about the things no. that are negative, of right? Of course not. But we talk about being messy, <laughs> yeah. clumsy, yeah. you know, being procrastinating. <laughs> the things like, that are I, easily that's accepted. Easy to talk about, right? Because everybody has that. Yeah. Not everybody has grown up in a family where, I don't know, you, you know, things are tough yeah. your parents that are highly educated come to a country where they're not any longer and they yeah. have to work yeah they have to do really tough jobs and yeah. work long hours and you know it's a different world they don't speak yeah. the language yeah. and, you know i can't even imagine the stories that my parents could tell us because mm-hmm. my parents grew up or grew up sorry moved here when they were 26 wow they didn't speak english how could you do that right? i don't know and so I mean, I think there's so much just in respect to your mother, like she taught you to be who you are Mm -hmm. by just by simply doing what she did. And I know it's uncomfortable for her, but she's going to see so much amazing things. I hope so. Oh, absolutely. And and we hope that, you know, all of you will join us in the conversation. Um, The intention of this is to weave in stories and talk about experiences and you know, we'll we'll speak to their our own stories about assimilation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Susie's story is a really interesting one. Um, growing up Korean Canadian and how that sort of has really colored the way in which you show up in the world every single day. Yeah. Um, I think the things that I've gone through specifically now in the last eight months, um, leading such a big team and sort of that whole experience is going to be really important um, around the leadership color gap and yeah. why there isn't more representation at the top and, and what we can really do to move that needle forward. And how do we empower ourselves to be the change? Like yes. that's an important conversation. And what can we do to create true calls of action within the organizations that we're in so that mm-hmm. we stop relegating ourselves to these special interest groups, but actually start to make change by being at the table yeah. if that's what you desire. Yes. And if it's not, how do you show up as authentically as you can to make sure that your workplace isn't a place where you have to put the mask on before you walk Absolutely. in. Absolutely. And how do you do that in an environment where we grew up in a city like Calgary, where we may not necessarily be ready for that? Yeah. So we hope you'll join us and we hope that this initial conversation, although we probably went in a lot of different tangents, <laughs> maybe gives do. you a flavor <laughs> yeah, of our dialogue and how we'll probably navigate through the series of episodes and the conversation. Um, and we... We hope that you'll be able to to join us in connecting and sharing your own stories and 
talking to us about the triumphs that you've had and also the difficulties because yes. we can all learn from all of the good and the bad and Absolutely. the ugly, right? Yeah. Um, and so we, we hope you'll join us in the next time as we talk a little bit more about our own individual stories and how we can really start to be the change that we want to see. So. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Can't wait to hear from you all. Okay. Bye.